Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome every... (laughs) I'm going to start that over. And welcome everybody to another episode of Animals to the Max. I am your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Okay, you guys, I know I've been a little MIA on the podcast for a couple weeks. And the reason why, if you follow me on my Instagram or Facebook at Corbin Maxey, you'll know I was in Italy. Oh my goodness, such a fantastic time in Italy. I just kind of wanted to go over some fun highlights, including being able to go underneath the Colosseum floor to see where they used to house some of the exotic animals, talk a little bit about the local wildlife. There really wasn't much. So if you are full on into animals and you don't give a crap about my travel experience in Italy, you could turn this off now and you can look listen to all the other episodes because they're all about animals and I you know interview experts. So this is definitely a special edition episode. But you know, I thought, why not? Why not do a podcast about the experience, kind of talk it through? I know, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of was a little nervous kind of going into it uh, just regarding, you know, posting social content because it was mainly travel, you know, nothing wildlife related. And I thought, man, I hope I don't get backlash or like, you know, because I know people follow me mainly just for, for the animal stuff. But I actually received a lot of messages from people either going to Italy or, you know, going to Europe and who were thinking about going and they loved kind of the travel tips, the stuff not to do, which I did most of the time. And yeah, so I thought this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll just come back. I'll do a podcast. And so this is what this podcast is going to be about. Now, I do want to let you know, do not worry. Don't unsubscribe. And by the way, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating. We really appreciate it. But I was going to say, don't worry. We have all new episodes coming out very soon. We have some fantastic guests lined up. And I'll tell you what, some of them, this one guest I've been trying to nail down for almost two years, and I finally nailed it down. So anyway, a lot of exciting content coming your way. But now let's just get into Italy. Here we go. All right, so Italy. Oh my goodness, I absolutely love the country. I've actually been there before. It was the first time back in 2011 before I went to the Seychelles Islands to go see those big giant tortoises through school. Uh, we actually stopped in Rome for a few days, and that was my first experience just kind of being out of the country absolutely fell in love with Rome, the Colosseum, the Roman Forum. Like, I just was like, oh my goodness, it's definitely a place I'd love to come back with, with maybe, you know, a significant other. And, you know, fast forward, what is it, eight, nine years, and, oh, eight years. That's great, Corbin. Awesome math there. Eight years, and my wife and I were able to go. If you don't know this already, we actually also run another company. It's kind of my wife's animal, no pun intended, but we also run a wine tour company in the Sunny Slope region along the Snake River. We have some fantastic wines out here. And so to do, quote unquote, company research, we were there to better serve our clients to go taste some Italian wines, visit the Tuscan, you know, countryside and also have a little fun. So that's kind of the basis background for Italy. And I'll tell you what, we had planned this for almost a year now, and it was so exciting. We never actually really got a honeymoon, unless you count staying in this haunted, creepy cabin in the middle of the woods. It was so bad. We actually ended up skipping out of it um, in Michigan, but that's a whole another story in itself. Uh, we never really got a fun, exciting honeymoon. So we were able to kind of go to Italy. And I'll tell you what, when I was like, oh yeah, or when, you know, my wife's like, yeah, let's go to Italy. It's like, great. I'm like, so, you know, which area, which city? And she wanted to tour the whole darn country. So if Folks, we literally did Italy from top to bottom. It's, of course, shaped like a boot. I'm looking at it right now. 
So at the top of the boot, we started in Venice. And by the way, if, uh, for those of you who do want to follow along and just kind of see, you know, more videos or pictures, I really, really do encourage you to check out my Instagram at Corbin Maxi and click on the Italy highlight reel because it's all in chronological order. You could see us when we're arguing if I should bring a handy camera not to Italy. That was kind of funny. Um, and all the way to Venice, our whole entire trip is in chronological order with those highlights. So you can kind of check it out and, you know, maybe follow along. But our first stop was Venice and I'll tell you what I was kind of freaked out because a lot of people told us that Venice just smelled like a sewer like I'm telling you like we actually had people say like oh Venice is great but it's like hard to even open your mouth like the stench is awful and so we were kind of like okay so to be honest didn't have many expectations for Venice and it turned out to be great. I didn't smell a thing, actually. I've smelled worse things. I hate to say it, but like in New York City, Hell's Kitchen area, woo, things can get ripe. Uh, yeah, Venice actually did not smell too bad. And it's all connected, if you're not familiar, by canals. There's no vehicle traffic. You're just connected by all of these uh, canals. And I think there's over like five, 600 bridges just connecting all the little areas of Venice. And so you mainly just walk on foot and... I just absolutely loved it. The vibe, the atmosphere. We stayed a little bit further away from the main tourist areas like St. Mark's Square, the Doge's Palace. And I really have to recommend, and just this is from just learning, that it is so nice kind of staying off the beaten path in more of the... I don't know, like more kind of where the locals are than staying somewhere right touristy. And I, I'm, I'm telling you what, we, we made the mistake in Florence and I'll get to that. But when you stay right next to those crazy tourist attractions, you end up getting just a lot of, I, I don't know, bad restaurants. Um, it's just packed, obviously full of people and you don't get that local vibe. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I want to mingle with the locals, even though I kind of stick out like a sore thumb. So yeah, we stayed in kind of an off area of Venice and the Dorsoduro area. It's kind of in the college area, which was really cool and I just I absolutely love Venice and I'm like I said you just walk around on foot I was really curious because of course it is on the water it's in the lagoon like I was thinking like what type of animals are in this lagoon I mean and of course tons of fish species uh, Venice it's it's uh, it's kind of sad for me but we my wife and I we both hate seafood so um it probably wasn't our favorite I mean regarding food options there's a lot of seafood options but they catch a lot of that out of the lagoon which is surprisingly shallow um, you can actually walk, and this was going off of, and by the way, I have to give a big shout out to Rick Steves. If you guys, uh, if you've traveled to Europe or whatever, uh, you'll know Rick Steves, his uh, tour guides. He's amazing. We literally had, it was like the Rick Steves Bible, basically. And we just like basically took it around. He gave us all these pointers, awesome information. He has awesome free podcasts. So check out Rick Steves if you are traveling. But we learned the lagoon is really shallow and you can actually walk across the whole lagoon without even getting your hair wet which I thought was like, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy, right? Well, you know, local wildlife, I did, if you did see on my story, I did see some crabs. Okay, you guys, I was catching crabs in Venice. And I kind of made the joke, I'm probably the only person in the world trying to catch crabs in Venice. But I was so excited to catch these little crabs. And of course, they don't come out during the day because Venice is full of seagulls. But at night... Everything just like awakens and I just remember sitting on the step and watching just this little ecosystem come to life and you know little crabs fighting over territories and then some gnawing on some algae and I don't know I thought it was the coolest thing in the world mind you I also like was sipping some limoncello which is amazing by the way I love you limoncello so it probably <laughs> it probably maybe was a little intensified but 
I just had such a good time filming crabs, uh, you know, hanging out in Venice. Uh, I would highly, highly, highly recommend staying in Venice. I'm just kind of going over some of the photos to make sure I don't, um, oh, to make sure I don't uh, miss anything. Oh, I do have to say Venice which shocked me, had probably some of the best food we had in Italy. And I know that was contradictory. I just said they serve a lot of seafood, which we don't like. We don't like that. But from the pasta dishes we had, we had some really good, authentic pasta dishes, which were amazing. So I have to say I had the lasagna, I think, the first night. And it was, they cook. I mean, first of all, their wheat is different back there. So you could just taste it in the noodles. And the olive oil is to die for. So absolutely loved Venice. I would highly recommend, oh, I'm sorry, I'm like looking back at my photos. One thing Venice does not know how to do, and I'll tell you what, is pizza. Oh my goodness, the pizza was not good. Just have to say, if you are in Venice, skip the pizza, no matter how delicious it uh, looks. And I, anyway, it was full. All right, I'm just going to take a sip of coffee really quick. Mm. St. Mark's Square was amazing. The Doge's Palace, um, we were able to go into the Doge's Palace, which basically used to be where all of the all the doges or rulers of Venice used to live. We're able to see these awesome Game of Thrones type, you know, rooms with, you know, weaponry. Um, we got to go see a prison, which was insane to look at, like, where they used to keep people. It really, really was incredible. So, like I said, definitely check out my highlight reel to do that. But we'll move on uh, to the next place we went to, which was Florence or also the heart of Tuscany. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, this is basically... We, of course, wanted to stay in Florence to, um, you know, go out to the Tuscany area, which is around an hour and a half, uh, you know, kind of from the Florence area. I'm going to be completely upfront with you. Florence probably wasn't our favorite place. It's pretty small. It's compact. There's tons of vehicles, tons of tourists, which, of course, we were. Um, there are some highlights in Florence, though. We did go to the Academia to see Michelangelo's famous David, which I would highly recommend seeing this beautiful, beautiful statue. 14 feet high made of marble like it's just amazing Michelangelo did just so much it just seriously just absolutely blows my mind um, I would highly recommend getting a reservation for all of your tourist stuff please please listen to me and um, do what we did which is awesome is make sure you make reservations uh, I think we made ours like a month and a half in advance so you literally get to skip the line the line goes all the way down the block and I'll tell you what it would not be fun to wait like three and a half hours in the rain waiting to go see a statue just would not you know not really my cup of tea but like I said David was just incredible we got to see his unfinished prisoners I'm not gonna lie I really like the academia in Florence seeing David because it was it was a small museum. I mean, no offense to the giant four mile long Vatican Museum. Oh my gosh, I could be a snooze fest, a snooze fest. Excuse me. It was nice. The academia was great. You walk in, you know, you turn to the left, you see David, you're like, oh, it's awesome. You see David, you get your pictures in front of David, you see a couple other things, and then you know you're able to get out within an hour and a half, two hours. So. It was amazing. You weren't there all day, um, but well, you could be if you are a crazy museum geek, but that's kind of what I really, really enjoyed. So um, from Florence, we decided to rent a car to have our own transportation to go out into Tuscany, to go out in wine country. And it was, um, oh, folks, have any of you have ever rented a car in a foreign country? It is a nightmare, to say the least. We actually budgeted like a couple hours 
we should have budgeted like four hours. It was just insane. Um, Just with the logistics and trying to go to the airport and then taking a shuttle from the airport to the car rental place and then talking to, you know, someone who doesn't, uh, you know, speak well English about trying to get a car. It's just back and forth. And so we finally were able to get in our little Fiat and it felt so nice to, uh, you know, be able to drive. I'm not going to lie. At first, it was a little terrifying driving. My wife started driving. She says she's a better driver, which I think is just... I don't think that's right, but she wanted to drive and I'll tell you what, it was a little hectic getting out of the Florence airport, a lot of horns honking, a lot of people zooming by, but once you got out, it actually was really enjoyable having your own car. Um, You know, everyone speeds there, which is awesome. You get there fast. Italy, this was the first time, you know, not being in like a crazy tourist area, let's say like Florence or Rome or Venice. It was like actually driving through the countryside. And I'll tell you what, it is a lot greener than I expected. Like a lot greener and a lot of mountains, like green mountains. I just was very kind of taken aback. I mean, I mean, of course you have the picturesque rolling hills, but this was, I mean, I don't know. I just have to say I was really shocked. I almost felt like, and this might be an exaggeration, but I was like in Rwanda, um, you know, preparing to go see gorillas. Like it was, you know, it was pretty green. So anyway, of course, uh, Rwanda, the jungles are way, you know, they're dense, they're thick and they have gorillas, but that's just kind of what it reminded me of. So I would highly recommend that. Um, What else? Oh, I'm just looking through my phone. Some highlights include stopping at a rest area and eating ketchup uh, flavored Pringles. Surprisingly, folks, they were really, really good. Anyway, ketchup uh, flavored Pringles. Uh, We arrived at our first winery, um, a super really cool picturesque castle uh, called Banffy. And it was really neat uh, to try the wine. I did make the mistake. If you saw my story of thinking that the pours were complimentary, I got three, you know, I don't know, less than five ounce pours. And it turned out to be like around 50 bucks. So caution, Caution, if you are in Italy, make sure uh, you try to read the fine print or you, uh, well, you just confirm with your server what you're getting because that was kind of the biggest shock. Like I was like, oh my gosh, it's almost like hard to enjoy. Never spent that much on tiny little things of wine. So um, but yeah, beautiful, picturesque, the Tuscan countryside. What was really interesting, we saw a lot of pheasants there, which of course were attracted to the grapes. But what's interesting, and we learned more about this on our way to our second winery, which we loved, is they have issues with wild boars. And it's insane because they are invasive there. And the boars, of course, they come, they tear stuff up, they root stuff up, but they, you know, they eat a lot of the grapes. They have a lot of issues with wild boars. And on our way to our second winery, we saw a dead porcupine. And it, it's crazy to think. So think of the world's largest porcupine. They're called the African Crested Porcupine, right? They're huge. I just worked with one in New York on Wonderama a few weeks ago. They're huge. They could get like 50, 60 pounds covered with, you know, you know, several hundred quills. I think actually a few thousand quills. And they're huge. African Crested, they have a giant crest. They're found in Africa and found in Italy. Only places in the world where they're found, which is just insane and they actually think that the romans might have brought them there kind of theory for food and uh they of course you know 
you know, multiplied and now they've established themselves in Italy. The conditions were right, but I thought that was really interesting. They have the African crested porcupine in Italy. We did not see a live one, which would be pretty hard because they are nocturnal. We did, though, see one sadly hit on the road, but it is confirmation that they have porcupines. We did talk to someone regarding the wild boars and not only do they have issues with them, you know, attacking their crops, their, their, their vineyards, but they have issues with them at night. Of course, they uh, they are kind of uh, you know a, a pack animal, so they go around in packs, these big groups, and uh, they cross the roads at night, and they cause a lot of vehicle collisions. And when you're in the countryside, a lot of these turns are steep and they're curvy, and they're like you know they're very sudden, and so you could see how they could have many fatalities, uh, just with you know you know vehicle fatalities hitting these boars, flying off the cliffs. That doesn't sound good, but that's kind of what happened. So. That was really interesting. I do want to give a shout out to our second winery, Solaria. It was amazing. They were super nice, had excellent wine. They served us bread with olive oil, which, I okay, guys, you have me at bread. So the bread is fantastic. The olive oil is the best you'll ever have in your life. We actually came home with this giant, uh, giant tin container of it. Interestingly, they don't actually um, put their olive oil in bottles. They will put it in tin because it actually will stay, um, it stays longer. It stays fresher longer, interestingly. So um, awesome winery, Solaria. That was in um, Montalcino. I definitely would highly recommend that and visiting that. They also had an awesome koi pond, which was just so cool. Um, so basically from there, we went to our hotel. We stayed in the coolest place I've ever stayed in in my whole entire life. We stayed in Montepulciano. Montepulciano. Try to say that three times. Montepulciano. 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 Try to do that. It is so picturesque. It's basically a town on the side of this giant mountain, a, a castle town. That's all I have to say. This medieval castle-like town. And you seriously feel like you're on the set of a movie like uh, it just it just blew my mind we stayed in this amazing villa which had this gecko which i was so excited it kind of had this florida vibe feel to it like geckos running around little lizards little italian wall lizards it was so cool i'd highly recommend staying in Montepulciano, uh this castle town we later found out as uh you know we were, you know, talking, actually, no, we were talking to a couple people back in Florence. We later found out that's where they filmed one of the Twilights. So I'm not, I guess my wife explained this to me because I, I wasn't a huge Twilight follower, but in the movies, when Edward tries to commit suicide in that castle town and then um, Bella or Kristen Stewart, well, I guess I'm a bigger fan than I think, um, kind of runs after him and they have all the people in red cloaks. That's where we ate. That's Montepulciano. And that's where literally where we ate like cheese and bread um, right there, right where that whole scene happened. And it was really, it was really, really cool. So uh, Montepulciano, awesome castle town. We tried some fantastic wine. One of the wineries, Contucci, was amazing. And they have been around since 1004 AD. Let me just say that one more time. 1004 AD. Like they have been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They've been producing wine. We're able to go into their cellar, which just blew my mind. Like what? It was insane. Some of the, uh, you know, some of the, the cellars go all the way down. You, I literally thought I was like on a game of Thrones moment where they go down in the dungeons with the dragons. Like 
deep, deep down, we were able to see fossilized seabeds that were millions of years old. I think like 500 million years old. It was just insane. Like we were able just to see these ancient shells and just fossils. And we went into this. This was kind of weird. We went into a tomb. Yeah, this was like really weird. We went into this ancient tomb and um, definitely felt heavy in there. But it was just, it just blew my mind at how old Europe is. It just, it really, 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 really wasn't just incredible. Would highly recommend Multipucciano. We also were able to see the red deer, which is a kind of a small deer species in Europe. We had one eating apples outside of our villa. So there you go. There's my, there's my fun wildlife fact right there. But after that, we headed back to uh, Florence for one night, able to kind of do laundry. Uh, Florence was cool. We did the night walk once again. Highly recommend going to, um, you know, following the Rick Steves guide, doing the podcast. He was really helpful. We were able to just see some really cool stuff. I have to give it to Florence. So they had the best pizza. Oh, oh, actually, no, no. Hold on. Second best pizza. Second best pizza. They have this place called Mr. Pizza, and it's open till 430 in the morning. The crazy thing, and I just have to say, and you'll understand this if you do travel like internationally, is there's such a time difference. I think Italy is nine hours ahead of us or something like that. So we were hungry. Like when it was dinner time, it was super late there. So we were eating like at, you know, midnight, one, two in the morning. So it was awesome to be able to find places like Mr. Pizza and they served great pizza. My favorite was the Formaggio. I think I'm saying that right, which is the four cheese pizza. Highly recommend that Mr. Pizza in Florence. All right, our third stop on our tour of Italy was Rome, or simply Roma. I absolutely love Rome. Like I mentioned earlier, it was my first place I ever went to out of the country when I was 21. So, so many fond memories in Rome. I love the city. It was such a nice relief. Um, I think just from Florence, Florence was very congested. You could get everywhere in like 15 minutes. And the, the streets are very, very narrow, super crowded. Rome is way more spread out and they actually had sidewalks. Oh, it was like, oh, wow, they have wide sidewalks. So I'm able to just walk without, you know, without my hips touching the side of a building or another tourist. It was just amazing. So Rome, definitely loved Rome. Uh, by the way, we traveled from, um, let's say, I guess from Florence to Rome via train and the same from Venice to Florence we did via train, which is awesome. High-speed trains are great. This is my first time ever on a high-speed train and they're so efficient and I know they're talking about doing a high-speed train. You know, this is way into the future, but from Washington, D.C. to New York. And just thinking about, wow, how efficient that would be. Like, you could get, I think they said from Washington, D.C. to New York in a high-speed train, it would take like 40 minutes. Like, how cool would that be to connect those two major powerhouses of, you know, cities? So... I guess we'll have to wait for that in the future. But yeah, took the high-speed train. I um, almost died of heat exhaustion. I think that the difference between the first and the uh, you know, second class is that the first class has AC. And you guys know me. Of course, I was in first class because that's what I do. And that was a joke. Of course, I was in second class. And I about passed out on the train. It was super hot. But we arrived in Rome. And I just... It's so crazy to me. There's so much history in Rome. I mean, this was once just the powerhouse of the world. I mean, Rome controlled so much. And it's just like, it's weird to me just to see the remnants, you know, for instance, like taking a bus to our hotel and just, you know, passing next to the Colosseum. Like what? Like what in the way? It just blows my mind. Like just passing, you know, next to the Roman Forum or the Pantheon. Like it's just, they're so much history here. And so I would say 
if you had like one city in Italy that you like, and you're a major history person and you just wanted to see, I, I would have to say hands down Rome. Rome is the place to go. It's, it's great. You have the Colosseum, the Roman Forum, the Pantheon, just a bunch of different, you know, museums truly is incredible. I, of course, have always been just fascinated with the Colosseum. Um, if you're not familiar with the Colosseum, um, get up from under your rock and Google it, please, because it is amazing. It was the world's first ever stadium, and it's 2,000 years old. So this was before, like, the, just the engineering. I mean, there's 2,000 years old, and it used to hold 50,000 people. It just blows my mind 2,000 years ago they were able to engineer this one-of-a-kind stadium. There had been nothing like it. And to this day, which fascinated me, are um, American football stadiums for the NFL. They're all based off the design of the Coliseum, which is 2,000 years old. Did I mention it was old? I think what blew me away with the Coliseum, just, uh, you know, where they used to have the gladiator games, um, so much violence in it. It's so weird to look back and think so many years ago how uh, just... Um, barbaric we were i mean you know uh, having people fight to the death and you know having you know exotic animals fight to the death and having humans fighting exotic animals it's just insane and so much blood was shed um it, it is kind of eerie uh during and the games would last i think over like i think like a span of two to three days over and i forget i forget which emperor but over a span of two days i think nine thousand animals were slaughtered you know, obviously there's history there. It's definitely sad. It's definitely heavy to think like, oh my God, like we did this to all these animals. And so that has always, it's been, it's obviously sad, but it's super interesting to see, uh, you know, how they used to do that. Um, when I went in, when I was in Rome and visited the Colosseum in 2011, you weren't able to actually go down underneath the 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 tunnel system and go behind the scenes um, underneath the Coliseum, underneath where the you know where the where the um, where the games took place. And they recently started allowing tourists to go down, and so you're able to go down and see the secret tunnels. You see where the gladiators entered. You see where they kept these exotic animals. And so to give you an idea. So the Colosseum back in the day, it had a wood floor and then on top of the wood floor, it was filled with sand. The reason why the sand soaked up the blood, um, blood was really slippery. And so, so many humans and so many animals died. They had to have sand to basically soak up all that blood. But underneath the wooden floor is a series of behind the scenes tunnels and, you know, um, you know, areas where they used to keep the exotic animals and where they used to keep the slaves and where the gladiators would go. It's just really blew my mind. Um, you have to remember, and you know, definitely we did this tour at night. I'd highly recommend doing the underground Coliseum tour at night. It gives it more of that eerie vibe for sure. But you head down, you know, you at first see where the gladiators entered, which is just like, it's, it, it, it's hard to comprehend. Like, it's just hard to think like, what? Like, this is where it all happened. This is the door where it just, yeah, like I said, I keep on saying it blows my mind, but it's just hard to wrap around it. You got to see as you enter down the hallway, you got to see where they used to house the exotic animals. And you have to remember 2000 years ago, this was before zoos. This is before people had ever seen exotic animals. So the Romans would go off to these far off lands, you know, Africa, Asia, and capture, you know, bears. They would capture lions and tigers, and they'd capture hippos and crocodiles, elephants, giraffes, rhinos. Uh, they would do ostriches. Ugh, just insane. They actually left the wolves alone. 
which is interesting. They actually respected the wolves. They didn't do uh, they didn't do a lot of wolves in the gladiator games, but they captured these just exotic animals. And during the games, they'd have you know they would uh, you know keep the animals underneath the glad you know underneath the stadium floor keep them in tiny concrete cages. They'd usually starve them. Um, you know, they would obviously to where they're more irritated and they're, you know, they're just obviously going to be completely mad being in this cell. Um, and then the slaves would hoist them up through a trap door and they would come up to the Colosseum floor and the Romans were really theatrical. So, you know, they'd have scenes of, you know, like rainforest scenes and they'd have, you know, fake trees come up underneath the stage and they would have, you know, trying to reenact where these animals came from, giving that safari vibe. And then, you know, all of a sudden you'd have a tiger appear and the audience would just cheer. And then you'd have people come out, uh, gladiators come out who were known and um, famous for capturing and, you know, killing wild beasts, as they would say, and they'd slaughter the animals. And yeah, it's just, it's so crazy to think like what happened there. And, um, you can still see remnants of, uh, of the animals for 2000 years. They still have plants that are growing, you know, plants that were from Africa and plants that were from Asia that, um, you know, the animals would poo. And of course they would poo, you know, the herbivores would poo out some of those seeds and they would germinate. And so you still have remnants of plants from exotic lands, from the animals that the Romans used for the gladiator games. Um, yeah, it's definitely, Definitely was definitely heavy to think about um, about what happened, but I would, like I said, highly, highly recommend checking that out. I am so happy, though, that we live in today's day and age where we have respected zoos and we have respected aquariums who are working to save animals and to save wild habitats. And there's amazing conservation initiatives. And now more than ever, we are aware of the threats our animals are facing because um, back in the day, there was just no control. I mean, back in the day, they had lions. I think the barberry lion is now extinct. A lot of, you know, animals, subspecies of animals now extinct because of um, the actions of what we did many, many years ago. So on that somber note, hopefully I didn't put you guys to sleep. Or hopefully you're not crying. I just, um, like I said, I just kind of, that was kind of the crazy, uh, I, I guess, highlight. I know it's a sad highlight, but of Rome. I would highly recommend doing that underground tour other awesome things included the Vatican Museum. We were able to check out the Vatican Museum, which is four miles long, people. Put on your walking shoes for the Vatican Museum. Um, the Vatican Museum, of course, is located in the Vatican, which is the world's smallest country. Super small, but that's also where St. Peter's Basilica is, the world's grandest and largest church. If you are a Catholic, then you'll know this is where the Pope lives and... Yeah, it was just just amazing. Um, we took a guided tour through the Vatican Museum. I'd highly recommend it. It's huge. It's overwhelming. At the end, you're able to see Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel, uh, which is just like, it's just insane to, to think that this man created the Sistine Chapel over a number of years. And it's super sad. We found out that Michelangelo, he actually ended up when he was dying, he was pretty much blind. And um, just from all the paint and the, the, the toxins that were entering his eyes from just, you know, basically looking up at a ceiling and, you know, doing his artwork. So, yeah, definitely incredible to see his work. The church, of course, the the basilica is amazing. Um, you know, the we, we weren't there for the Pope. Um, I'm Oh, who's that? Oh, hey. Hey wife, how are you doing? Talking about the Sistine Chapel and the and the um and St. Peter's Basilica. I'm not gonna lie. I um the, the Pope was actually in Africa and I'm kind of happy like we were able to skip it. Does that sound bad? I mean, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, I would love to see the Pope and all, but standing in line for hours and hours and hours and hours and, um, you know, with thousands and thousands of people does not sound that fun for me. It would be once in a lifetime. So I guess maybe it would have been cool. But let me just say it didn't hurt my feelings. He was in Africa. So hopefully he took a safari, by the way. Hopefully he went to the Mara. That would have been kind of cool. Anyway able to see the Vatican. It, um, yeah, just incredible. All my history buffs, you would definitely enjoy that. Other highlights of Rome would include the Roman Forum, which is right across from the Colosseum. It's just, you get to see the kind of where this was the central powerhouse of Rome. You got to see where the Senate was. You got to see where Julius Caesar was actually laid to rest. They have his his burial right there and people still adore it with flowers. It's just incredible kind of to see just all the history. I know I keep on saying history, but all my history people, you would love Rome. A kind of a funny story. Uh, I think it was our last night. We were so hungry and we decided to try out some Uber Eats and they don't really have Uber Eats in Italy, but they did have this one Italian app and I forgot the name of it, but we decided like, oh my goodness, why don't we do McDonald's? Like, Okay, I'm not going to lie. We love Italian food. I love the pizza. I love the pasta. But you are sometimes, I guess, over there, you do crave American food. And I thought, wow, wouldn't a hamburger and like fries sound good? And so we ordered this McDonald's on this Italian app. And, it, you know, we, we just show up. It shows up. And uh, it wasn't too bad. They had different menu options, including cheesy fries and they actually had hot wings at this McDonald's, like chicken drumlets. It's super, yeah, kind of crazy. We didn't try those. But Cheesy fries were, you know, nice and cold and soggy, but hey, you can't complain. And the burger was not bad. I have not had McDonald's for a long time, so it wasn't too bad. It was kind of a little taste of America in Italy, so that was super fun. We were also able to reconnect with some friends I met back in 2011, Andrea and Monica. Um, you know, one thing I do love about social media is being able to stay connected with people that you met years ago. And... It was really cool to be able to reconnect with some friends that I had met in Rome and just still be friends like after all these years and meet their new family. And it just was really cool to be able to have dinner with them. My advice for anyone is just connect with the locals. I mean, connect and shake their hands and, you know, and I don't know, like talk to them and be friendly. You never know. You guys could actually end up lifelong friends. And this is kind of what happened with us. So. That was a kind of a nice little side note. All right, guys, the last place we visited, and I apologize, we are in 34 minutes. But if you are still listening, you must be a little interested in our Europe vacation and some tips. Um, we were able to go down to um, pretty much almost the boot of Italy, southern Italy, to visit the gorgeous Amalfi Coast. Oh, my goodness. Just picture rugged coastlines. The I mean, the coast is just absolutely beautiful. It's in the Mediterranean. Uh, just imagine, you know, pebble beaches, these little beach towns, lemon trees, the smell of lemons. Amalfi, the Amalfi Coast was amazing. And I have to say it was our first time ever kind of thinking that we were on vacation. And and, and that's like not us complaining or me, or me complaining. It's just that in, you know, to see some of these famous sites like the Roman Forum, the, you know, the uh, Colosseum or, you know, going to Florence and, you know, I don't know, visiting the Academia to see David, it, you have to put in the work. It's a lot of work. It's not a vacation. It's a lot of walking. It's a lot of audio tours. It's a lot of waiting in lines. It's a lot of dealing with sweaty people who smell like BO and have hairy armpits. And that's kind of a joke, but not really. Um, it's just a lot of stuff. You put in a lot of work. And when we arrived in, you know, along the Amalfi Coast, it was like, oh, wow. 
okay, this is nice. I could get used to being in a beach town. I do have to say, please, if you do go to Europe, you know, in Italy or wherever you go, figure out your transportation. I ended up taking a crowded train with no air conditioning and then a bus that was crammed. And it just make sure you factor in that. Make sure you look at the fastest routes. We actually did not do that. We decided we're like, oh, we'll take the bus and we could take the scenic route. And it turned into a long three, four hour long bus ride and just crammed with people. It was hard if you have luggage. So do your research. But we arrived in the little town of Minori on the Amalfi Coast, and it was just just amazing. It was picturesque, little beach town. Um, I, I just loved it. We uh, were able to, you know, it kind of felt like a local. It wasn't too touristy. We were able to check out the beach. I actually, the second day, was able to put on some goggles and check out some fish. I didn't see too much, but it was cool to see little schools of fish, and uh, it was really cool to kind of explore that and just hang out on the beach and seriously relax. I would highly recommend visiting the Amalfi Coast. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to me blab about my vacation. Hopefully you learned a little bit, some tips, um, I, I guess interesting things. Let's see. Number one thing I missed uh, from the States, ice and ice water. Uh, that is one thing I definitely missed. I did miss, I don't know, I think I have to say I finally got sick of pizza and pasta, which is shocking. And what other things? I mean, it was a really cool vacation. Two weeks was enough. Oh, my gosh, I completely forgot. We spent our last night in Naples, the birthplace of pizza. If you've seen that movie, Eat, Pray, and Love, or no, Eat, Pray, Love, sorry, not Eat, Pray, and Love, just Eat, Pray, Love with Julia Roberts, uh, that scene where she's in the pizza place eating pizza, that is in Naples. And Naples had some of the best pizza I've ever had. The birthplace, this is where pizza originated. The dough, it's soft, it's chewy, it's good. Um, you know, they only had two kinds, margarita or, was it margarita or marguerite? Oh, no, 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 margarita and marinara. Hello, Corbin, I'm already losing my losing my mind here thinking about pizza. Uh, the margarita, of course, is just mozzarella, tomato, and basil, and it's just absolutely delicious. Would highly recommend going to Naples. Make sure you do watch your wallets, though, and watch your bags. Naples has a uh, pretty known for their theft, and I'd highly recommend going anywhere to Europe. Do a money belt. Uh, my money belt worked awesome, and I wore it the whole time. Matter of fact, I kind of miss it. It was kind of a part of me, and now I'm like back in the States. I'm like, I live in this tiny town of a thousand. I don't need a money belt anymore, so highly recommend Definitely checking out and getting a money belt before you go to Europe. But I have to say, two weeks, like I mentioned, was enough. I'm so happy to be back. We are working on finishing the alligator exhibit. We're also working on some exciting, I guess I can tell you now, if you're 38 minutes in, some exciting national press. Wink, wink, you probably know what that is. But working on um, some exciting national press. And you will be the first to know, of course, on this podcast. We have some fun stuff in the works, which I cannot wait to share with all of you. Once again, thank you so much for listening to me blab. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. It's seriously just any comment. I mean, just like, oh, we love the show or, oh, we hate the show. Well, don't say that. But um, any comment on iTunes, it really helps to get the podcast out there. With that said, next week, we have some exciting new episodes coming out with experts who work with animals. And you won't hear me blab about Italy anymore. But it has been fun kind of recounting this and um, kind of recapping my Italy trip. And so I really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, questions. Um, 
Email me, info at CorbinMaxi.com. If you're planning a vacation and uh, I feel like a travel agent, if you're planning your vacation and, uh, you know, please contact Corbin Maxi. But no, really, if you have any questions, let me know where to go, what not to do. Any questions, let me know. But with that said, I hope you guys have a great day, night, whenever you listen to this. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.